2: And the idea initially was just a bunch of us watch nerds sharing a watch. And we thought, okay, first we could send something really expensive out. But it's like, no, because I don't want to make it about an expensive item. I want to make it about connecting people.
0: Stranger Connections is the embodiment of Lisa David Olson's perspective of we're all just friends who just simply haven't met yet. It's an exploration of the weirdly wonderful side
2: of life and a look at the single commonality we have with each other, our differences. Slip off your shoes, pour a cup of your favorite, and let's meet this week's barrel of
0: quirks.
1: Welcome to Stranger Connections, where I celebrate wonderfully weird people and their quirky stories. I'm your curious beast and host, Lisa David Olson. My guest today, I'm going to learn about as everyone learns about him, because I don't know a whole lot. Welcome, J.D. Kimple.
2: Thank you very much. How are you doing this morning?
1: Well... I just got a fresh coffee, so I'm very excited. I like it when it's really super hot and it hurts a little bit. That's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect.
2: (laughs) Okay. Isn't that on
1: your Facebook post that you're a a coffee guru?
2: Well, I wouldn't say guru, but uh, I certainly uh, am an aficionado, I should say, of coffee.
1: Enthusiast, the the magic bean enthusiast. Yes. Well, cool. So I know we met on the interweb somehow. I don't care how because I've wasted too much time when I try and figure out how I know someone, but I know that that you're weird enough that we're sitting right here talking today.
2: <laughs> that works for me. I'm good at being weird.
1: <laughs> how long have you been weird?
2: Uh, probably since birth. Since so birth, you
1: were born weird.
2: Been born weird, yeah. So 52 years, 53 years, something like that.
1: I got a couple on you, but yeah, I'm genetically strange as well. <laughs> Where do you live?
2: In the middle of Ohio, so just southeast of Columbus in a little town where if you called and said that you were at the corner of walk and don't walk, I would know exactly where you were at.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You have a great story that we're going to get into because I don't know about it yet, and we're going to learn about your goal to do something that will reach all the way around the world, so everyone should stay tuned for that information. But to start with, do you? I know your hobby is... You're building and fixing wristwatches. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, I would not say that I'm a watchmaker because a watchmaker can actually take the little movement inside, so the little engine, and then take that apart, uh, put it back together, and it all works. Uh, I am not to that level yet, so I can take the movement, uh, a working movement, and build from there. How did you know
1: that that was what you wanted to get into? How did that happen?
2: I I would say I'm probably a serial hobby, hobbyist and a serial tinkerer. So ever since I remember, I was always working on stuff, um, and always taking what I had and trying to make it work better. A part of that's because I didn't have a whole lot of money for a while. So when I was into guitars quite a bit, um, I would could only afford you know X amp, but I wanted Y. But I figured out I could take X amp and work on it and make it sound like why. So uh, I did the same thing when I raced bicycles. Um, I do the same thing with watches. I um, So I I don't know why I figured out. I just, I started getting into watches a couple years ago. My wife bought me one for uh, Christmas and I was looking up more information about it. And then somewhere in one of the depths of the forum, somebody said something about modifying watches and a little light bulb went off in my head and went, Oh wait, we can modify this. It's cool. Let's go. More tools. Let's go.
1: So give me an example of what that looks like. If I have one, let's pretend I went through a relative's box of items that they didn't want anymore. And I found a mm-hmm. wristwatch that wasn't working. Is that something yeah. you're able to you do or you, you upgrade them somehow?
2: Uh, typically what I do is I will buy new components or I will get a used working watch and then I will say, okay, but this looks like a copy of the Rolex and everybody does that and I want to make it look different. So I will put on a different dial or different hands, um, change the case a little bit, take it all out and put it in a different case. Yeah. Just kind of mix and match and see what I like and what I don't like.
1: So you literally can give a watch a facelift.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And I love that you have all the time on your hands. We could pun oh. all day. Pun. <laughs> I love it. I have a very expensive watch that doesn't work. So I'm, you know, I'm going to have to go back to the jeweler on that one. But yeah. um, I think it's great. And then just looking at the gears and stuff. I used to make jewelry, and I always loved watch gears, and which makes you think steampunk kind of stuff.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. Kind of
1: cool. And then you've also, so you mentioned you're also into bicycling and also, do you yeah. still play guitar?
2: Yeah, yeah, up on occasion. Um, had a band for a long time. Um, put that on ice about 20 years ago, 18 years ago. Didn't pick up guitar for a long time. And a couple of years ago, my old drummer got a hold of me and said, hey, let's get together and jam some. So I said, yeah, okay, why not? um so yeah the past couple of years picking it back up and making more songs and and annoying the neighbors isn't it
1: so wonderful though to have a creative outlet like that like um for myself it's been writing comedy for so many years doing sketch comedy song parodies i was in a band a long time ago and the the joy of actually when it goes together and then that you could actually make music to go along with it because you you do the lyrics as well don't you on For song. most of the
2: songs, yes, yeah.
1: So you've you actually been in person with your drummer, it's just you and the drummer just jamming?
2: Uh, yeah, we've brought a new uh, bass player in about almost a year ago now, mm-hmm. so we've, we've done some shows with, with him, and, and so we're working up some new material with the three of us. When everybody kind of really kind of hit in the groove and everybody's kind of meshing together, that is just such a fantastic feeling.
1: What was the name of your band 20 years ago?
2: Mr. Tornado Head.
1: Oh, and how did you come up with that?
2: Uh, Many years before that, I was actually working as an engineer in broadcasting. Uh, I was doing some writing uh, as well. Uh, So I would write this news from around the world and up your block. Um, So uh, somewhere along the line with that, I thought it would be funny instead of having Mr. Potato head to have a Mr. Tornado head and you let him out of the box and he would wreak havoc upon your house and you could not contain him.
1: That's a good one. (laughs) Well, it does stick. What, (laughs) what about your current three piece on some, you guys have a a name as well.
2: Yeah. So currently we are sidecar. So the, the current band is not as goofy uh, or humorous with the lyrics. Um, but it's a, it's a different band, so we're trying different things.
1: What would you compare your three piece to? Any music I would know?
2: The drummer and the bass player are really influenced by the police. Uh, but lately I've been kind of doing more kind of Americana, alt rock, alt country type of wilt, sunvolt type of stuff. So you put those in a blender, and what comes out is tremendously different.
1: A musical smoothie yeah (laughs) where can people find your music could they find any of your old stuff or your current
2: yeah some of the a couple of the old songs i just uploaded to soundcloud uh, and i'll probably put some more of the uh old live stuff up there as well um i think in january or february we will playing a event around circleville called Winterfest. And that's where you can find us. Do you
1: remember any fun lyrics that you might be able to quote right now? And any funky songs (laughs) that we might resonate with that stuck in your head when you're taking a shower, maybe?
2: (laughs) Um, From other people or from my old band?
1: I want to hear your stuff, JD. Oh, my
2: stuff. Oh, well, I had my anti-country country country song, which is called Just Can't Seem to Get the Blues. Nice. (laughs) It's about all the crap that happens to somebody and they just can't help but keep smiling. Um, I had a song about Norman, the rock and roll pony, which was a a pony who played guitar in the bars and hung out with people. And people (laughs) told him to move out to Hollywood, but he said, no way. I'm just going to keep here playing, playing my music. Um, Had a song called the Krypton crawl, which is a kind of the Superman thing.
1: I love it. Our, our old band was the Wandering Minstrel Cramps. <laughs> I'm, I'm a drummer, singer. Because we were wandering minstrel cramps, we wrote a song um, called All Cramped Up and No Place to Flow. And the male sang it. It was about a man getting his period. <laughs>
0: That's so, awesome.
1: Yeah. So that was one of our hits. Another one was about a really bad server at bar time. We were all... We weren't drinking when we were playing, but when we would go eat afterwards, of course, you're with the bar crowd, the after bar crowd, and we were treated like as if we were a bunch of rowdy drunks, and we weren't, but so we just wrote about this really irritated server, and that ended up (laughs) to be a reggae song.
2: That's fantastic.
1: (laughs) It was fun. Well, I want to talk about your project. I only know a little bit about it. You were talking about, and you have a lofty goal with one of your wristwatches, right?
2: Yeah, so it started off as there's four other guys, myself, who got together, and we're all watch modification enthusiasts, and we wanted to put together a couple different projects that we didn't see in any other outlets, so that's how we got together, and as things happened, we had a little sidebar, and somebody said something about, hey, I was part of this project where we sent the watch on to somebody, and then on to somebody, and we did that for a few months, and that was kind of fun, and then I thought, I got plenty of watches now because I keep building them. So sure, we can do that. But what do we do? So the idea was to get the watch around the world. And then I would send the watch out to, so one of the guys in our club, he lives out in Seattle. So I'd send the watch to him. Then he would send it on to the next person. It would make its way across the US. We floated the idea out on Instagram and a couple other watch nerd channels. And Some people out in Europe were interested in it. And then there's some people out in like Singapore and the Philippines were interested in it. So we thought, cool, maybe we can get this around the world. Great. But not what, is it just going to be a bunch of watch nerds or, or what? Eugene, another one of our little group got said, Hey, why don't we have everybody who has the watch, they keep it for about a week or two weeks and then post photos of it. Then as it comes back around, we can auction off the watch with a book of all the photos of all the places it's been great. Okay. So, so what do we do with the money? Then it's like, and I wanted, you know, I didn't want the money for myself. The idea was to, the money should go to a charity of some sort. I was looking around trying to figure out what was appropriate. And i came across the veterans watchmaker initiative. And it's a school out in New Jersey that Sam Cannon founded to teach um, wounded veterans uh, just the skills to do this and it would gave them an outlet and a way to get back in society
1: so cool so
2: um, oh, yeah,
1: that is amazing that you could well, find that and connect that
2: well and the reason why it really rang with me is <sighs> our son was killed in Iraq
1: oh I'm sorry
2: it wow. happens. We kind of knew that was on the plate when he signed up, but so ever since then we got involved. We've been involved with different charities to take care of veterans, and this one just seemed to just line up. So that's why we chose Veterans Watchmaker Initiative, and that's why we have the traveling watch project.
1: God, is that beautiful? I I did not know that about your son, and I I, I thank him through you for his service and taking care of us and giving up his time and his life for us and wow, I don't know how you get past that. I didn't, didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how a parent would, would go forward. I don't understand it.
2: It's, it's tough. It's the hardest thing you've ever had to deal with. And I will almost guarantee that regardless of who you are. Uh, but I also realized we're not the only parents who have to do that. I mean, You know, people lose children in wars or cancer or car accidents, you know, every day. So knowing that we're not the only ones who had to go through it it just kind of made me realize, okay, everybody else got through it. I can get through it too.
1: Wow. It's good to have this off to the side that you can give back and express yourself that way. I, I was wondering about the watch going around the world and how, how that comes back to you, but you're saying it, it goes to a different person each week and then photos are going to go together in a book and then you'll auction it off and it all benefits the veteran watchmaker group that you found. Yep. Yes. How do you, how long is this watch going to travel and how do you know when it culminates? I also want to know how you choose the next person.
2: (laughs) Well, right now I almost have to kind of close the books for the u.s because boy at nine months in we only got not even a third of the u.s done i'm kind of learning through this process so here's the rules of the game with the traveling watch project you get the watch for about a week or two you take some pictures And it could be anything, just cooking dinner or game night with the family. Or if you get to do something really cool, like go out on a hike, you know, like up Mount Tam or or whatever, post its pictures on the Traveling Watch Project uh, is the hashtag. So you you post the pictures, you put the hashtag, I follow that, and then we'll repost them to the Traveling Watch Project's Instagram page. Um, So that's rule number one. Uh, Rule number two is if you want to be part of it, sending it on to the next person is up to you to to forward the postage or hand it off in person. However, you want to do that, you have to fork out whatever it is to it, to ship to somebody—seven bucks or twelve bucks or whatever. And that's just part of the rules of the game. Yeah, you keep it for about a week or two, you send it on to the next person, you have a good time with it.
1: How long yeah. has it been traveling?
2: I think I sent it off in December of last year. So, how do you know when
1: you'll wrap it up?
2: Boy, it's not going to be soon enough. This is <laughs> in much bigger proportions than I ever imagined. I thought it was going to be five or six months max, and no, we're closing in on a year. and We haven't even got across the U.S. yet, let alone around the world. Um,
1: wow. So you almost want to tell people, let's go further than your cousin who's a state away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of go, I hate to tell people, hurry it up, hurry it up. But I have to say, hurry up, hurry it up. Because there's so many other people who want to be part of it. Um,
1: there's so many messages around that, though, because of time and, you know, paying attention to time. And you only have so much time. And and yeah. what are you doing with your time? And what about the pause in between the seconds? That's that's the part I've learned with with the pandemic is the pause. That the, <laughs> yeah, the reset, the pause. The are you are you wound too tight? I mean, there's so many messages around clocks, time, wristwatches, hearing yeah. the message.
2: I mean, the idea is is working. We are actually making connections with people who otherwise wouldn't have had these connections.
1: That is the biggest part right there the connections because just like us connecting and we, we both have a band background and we both have, we both seek humor. And I mean, that's what this podcast is about is connecting strangers and figuring yeah. out what we have in common. And of course I want weird and quirky because that's where I thrive is in the strangest <laughs> of stories and we all have a story to share. And so that's yeah. what you and I have in common too. We're trying to connect people through stories and sharing and what do we have in common or, you know, any of that. I love this project so much. Well, when the, um, if people want to connect on Instagram, then go ahead and give that hashtag again.
2: Okay. So the hashtag is traveling watch project. Uh, The Instagram home is traveling underscore watch underscore project. And we are currently on a hiatus because somewhere in the Atlanta mail hub they lost the watch. So I am. Dun, rebuilding dun, dun. Again, another reason not to send something super expensive around.
1: Yeah, if anybody has ideas on how to find that missing watch, go ahead and post <laughs> it here. You'd yes. be a hero. It's, it's sitting in the crack with all those letters to Santa, maybe.
2: <laughs> it could be. <laughs>
1: I um, always ask my guests uh, because my passion is pranks. I'm, a, yeah. I'm an improv ninja and a, a quirky princess of pranks. So um, I, yeah. by day I work with police officers and uh, they're not my best audience. It's really hard to scare them, but I, <laughs> I still haven't given up. I always ask my guests, do you have a prank or a dare that you've done or have had done to you?
2: That yeah. you
1: I want to hear that.
2: Okay, so very recently, uh, we have a little campground. We've spent a fair amount of weekends out there and gotten to know a lot of the people out there very well. So very recently, we were sitting out there uh, early evening, just joking around and, and talking with a couple of the neighbors. And another one, uh, so Patrick comes up and he's he's got this six-pack of beer, and he knows that I like different craft beers. And he says, hey, man, I, I just picked this up. Uh, you got to try it out. Okay, sure. So I said, what do I owe you for? And he just, I mean, it was an unopened six pack. What owe you for? Nothing, man, nothing. Okay. A minute later, he's like, you got to drink it. You got to drink it right now. Try it out. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird, but all right. So we open up the box and drink the beer. And I'm like, I'm very familiar with this brand. And this tastes a lot like water, but maybe not. Maybe something's flaky with my taste buds, but okay. And I just went, this doesn't taste like what I was expecting at all. And Patrick grabs one and and gives it to another one of the other folks who were sitting around fire with us and and they go, oh, this tastes like water. And then he just bust up laughing because it was. (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to be reasonable and upstanding and not hurt his feelings. And this other person just, said, oh man, this is water. (laughs) It was. It turns out that they this brewery was washing out one of their vats, and i don 't know if there 's a shift change or what, but they took the water that they're washing the vats out and canned it like it was an actual beer run
1: <laughs> just by mistake
2: by mistake, yes, yeah. so they had like <laughs> pallets of this
1: <laughs> oh no pallets of water pallets,
2: yeah, of canned boxed water
1: <laughs> or what we call here in Minnesota near beer. Oh my gosh. I like to double pranks. So if I had known that, I would have gotten to you before you opened it. And I would have told you, act like you're getting wasted. (laughs) 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 The placebo effect. Oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I think I've got a buzz. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Did you ever get the guy back?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but we do that all the t- you know the time out there because it's the, most of the people we hang out with are, are really good natured and we have a lot of fun and yeah, yeah.
1: that's so. de- definitely the um, the way campground mentality tends to be. You kind of find your people because you all want to share the great outdoors like that. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. All right. So if we want to look for your music, we're going to look for that on SoundCloud under...
2: Mr. Tornado Head.
1: If we want to look for the Traveling Watch Project, that's on Instagram and otherwise on Facebook. It's JD Kimple. Gosh, I'm honored to have chatted with you today, JD. And remember that we can only be strangers once. And I hope you stay weird.
2: Oh, I guarantee that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you much for the time. This has been Stranger Connections with Lisa David Olson.
1: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)